0: Welcome back to Powering Conversation, hosted by me, Rachel Malcolm. Today we are delighted to be joined by Eve Muirhead, former curler and skip of the gold medal winning team at the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. Uh, Welcome to BT Moneyfield, how's things with you? you.
1: Yeah, good, busy, thanks. How's your training going?
0: Yeah, not too bad, to be fair, in the depths of pre-season, which is always fun, particularly in this heat, but no, it's going good. It's great. Shall we head inside and have a chat? Absolutely, let's Let's do do it. it.
1: Um, so Eve how are you? I'm very well thank you very
0: much. Had a busy few weeks I hear?
1: I have I've been here there and everywhere but you know what I'd be moaning if I was sitting at home doing
0: nothing wouldn't I so um,
1: yeah no I'm loving every minute of it and um,
0: enjoying this nice
1: weather as well it's good
0: isn't it? Yeah no it's class especially when we're in the depths of pre-season here so it's I'm a bit yeah. of sun. Uh, so before we kind of launch into your career, which has been incredible, quite frankly. Um, I quite like to just go back to how it all started. So kind of first thing I want to ask is just like, I guess, why curling, which I'm sure you'll go into, but also kind of how did it all start? So how did you get into it? So I was,
1: I think I was about nine or ten, um, my dad was a, was a world-class curler and um, my mum used to take me and my, my brothers along to watch him and um, you know what it's like when when you're a little kid going along screaming and shouting, mum dragging you here, there and everywhere and you're watching your dad play on like a sheet of ice, you're watching him do his thing and um, I just wanted to go and play, I yeah. just wanted to go and give it a shot and my, my memory is like I remember dad coming home from a tournament in Canada and he brought me like this small little brush and these little tiny shoes back, and yeah, just kind of took us on in our home rink in Pitlochry, um, which unfortunately is closed down now. And the first time you go, you just want to go back and play more and more. Yeah. And I was I was more or less hooked from from the very start. And it's it's a sport that's that's a good good fun. And mm-hmm. being competitive like I am, I realised I did have a good opportunity in it. From getting selected from like regional to national and then international level, and yeah, if I if I do something, I, I want to be like the best at it. So I, I never gave up. I um I made a lot of friends through it, which I think is one thing in sport that's that's phenomenal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like you meet friends from all around the world. And um, even here in Scotland, I've, I've made the, probably the majority of my friends through my sport. So it opened so many doors, so many wider opportunities. And um, yeah, I think I, I think I made the right decision to, to keep pursuing curling.
0: Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> um, you touched on your dad, obviously, was an incredible curler. And I know other members of your family as well. Was, was family a big influence on you in like the early stages of your career and throughout your career um, and was there any other kind of key influencer or people that impacted your career coming through?
1: Yeah, my my dad um, for sure was the one that kind of helped me get started. Um, I think one thing about my parents was were they weren't at all like pushy parents. Yeah. Like it was all it was all my choice to do to do what I wanted to do. And um, quite frankly, for the first few years, they were taxi drivers. Yeah, <laughs> mine were the exact same. <laughs> yeah, and then when you turn seventeen, it's like the best day of their life, isn't yeah. it? When you pass your test. <laughs> um, but my brothers as well. Like my 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 brother Glenn, my older brother, who's a year older, he was. Um, he would be kind of practising and and having fun alongside me. Um, my my younger brother Thomas, he he was obviously slightly later in the scene, but he picked up the sport very quickly as well. And and we kind of all took to it like a duck to water. If I'm honest, like we all, um, it kind of came with us in our genes. And um, yeah, like we always wanted to beat each other. Yeah. Um, I remember as well like I walked down after school most days and I would go onto an ice rink and I would just throw stone after stone after stone and throw hundreds and um, I wonder now why I've got like hip problems and things like that because I look back and yeah I just yeah, overtrained I, I without did. knowing I, you I, yeah, absolutely like um, kind of um, burn all the iron brewing donuts and rubbish that I used <laughs> to eat back in the day
0: but um, yeah I, I was obsessed with the sport if I'm yeah. honest. So this is jumping forward a little bit, but just while we're on topic of family, obviously in 2018 you got to go to the Olympics with both your brothers as they competed as well, I think it was 2018, wasn't yeah. it? How was that in terms of obviously, like you say, like you grew up competing against them and mm-hmm. them kind of being a big part of like, what made you want to be better mm-hmm. and stuff like that. How was that to kind of come full circle and all of you be at the Olympics together?
1: Yeah, like um, to to compete in the Winter Olympic Games alongside my two brothers was very special. And as much as I've won medal in Sochi, medal in Beijing, like I have to say, that Olympics was probably one of the the standout memories for me. Even though I came fourth, I think having having to compete alongside my two brothers, um, having my mum and dad in the stands, um, it really was a special special Olympics. And from a young age, I. I knew we all had huge potential to possibly go to a games, but never once did I think all three of us would be there at the same time. Yeah. So it was. It was it was such a great great experience. It was such great fun. And yeah, I'm very proud of them to to have to have also had the chance to represent Great Britain because it's it's a special moment when you do.
0: Yeah. And as a young athlete you obviously were quite talented at a number of things, um, including obviously you're curling, but golf and bagpipes as well, I hear. Um, So have you always been like this driven? Um, Has it always, is is like, I guess, if someone was to describe you as an athlete, is it driven competitive? Is that kind of always been your, your trait or is that something that's kind of developed throughout your career?
1: I would say it has always been my trait, for sure. I would say, if anything, it's probably starting to ease off a little bit now. <laughs> um, um, yeah. It's exhausting,
0: I can imagine. So, yeah, it's
1: kind of switched off a little since the Games and trying to try and get it back in a bit of routine on training has proven quite difficult. Yeah, <laughs> um, But yeah, I've always been very, very driven. As a young age, I, I also started playing golf as well. and. Um, I was also one of those people that after school and like a Tuesday when our when our when our medals were, I would I would get my mum and dad to drop off my clubs at the at the golf club and I would walk down after school and play the medal and then walking down seventeen I'd phone them and they'd come pick me up and <laughs> um, I'd go out um, at the golf course in Blair Athol most nights. It was literally like a two minute walk from, from our front door. So I was very driven with golf as well. Um, there was a there was a point that I probably had to choose curlin or golf. Yeah. I got offered scholarships out in America for my golf and things when I managed to get down to scratch but I realised that I didn't have such a big opportunity in golf I know what yeah. a handful of players made it and um, so it's such a great sport to be able to play though I've made so many friends through that as well and yeah. um, I've I've been lucky enough to have represented Scotland once through through golf um, and yeah it's it's a sport that yeah i I recommend to anybody to try and get into because it's so social it's it's just very good for you in terms of getting getting out in the fresh air it's good mentally you could get switch off think about different things i was gonna say
0: is like having had that on the side while you've still had your your curling career kind of going from strength to strength has that been quite helpful for you as an athlete
1: it definitely has because i think it's it's something that i can do to just completely switch off yeah and on the back of Pyeongchang coming forth it was, I went through a pretty tough time. And um, I kind of used golf quite a lot in the mornings to to kind of remind myself that there is other things out there. Yeah. Um, life isn't so bad that, that you've just come forth at the games and there still is possibilities. And it really helped me actually to kind yeah. of get through that. But yeah, since a young kid, um, starting the bagpipes as well, um, kind of wanted to carry on them until I was at a good level and yeah. lucky enough now I am I can pick them up and play Um, and even like I know we're at the rugby pitch now but like with my brother Glenn he used to play for Persher and things and I used to stand on the sidelines crying because I wasn't allowed to go on and play <laughs> because I just was that kind of person what that I worked thing? to kind of give everything a shot like yeah um yeah so um it's kind of been from a young age I've, I've kind of had that trait for sure
0: yeah and you touched there on obviously the the kind of disappointment of of coming forth at the the 2018 winter olympics and off the back of that you also had quite a serious injury i believe with your with your hip how kind of big was that in terms of you learning about yourself as an athlete and kind of what did you learn and to then come back and obviously mm-hmm. Get Olympic gold. Yeah. Um, what 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 did that period teach you as an athlete?
1: Pyeongchang was um, as much as it was as I said it was probably my my most memorable Olympics with my brothers. It was also probably the toughest Olympics. Yeah. Um, I had a shot for for a medal and I missed. I had the shot and I missed by less than a centimeter. But that's sport isn't it. And as a skip, you get all the glory when you win, but unfortunately, you, you do yeah. get all the slack when you lose as well and um, that hit me pretty hard to be honest because I felt like that year we, we did have a huge opportunity to, to bring away the gold medal. I then on the back of that um, decided I would I would have my hip surgery because I had been fighting uh, an injury for, for quite a long time and going through quite a lot of pain so I thought that was the best time to do that and um, yeah there's times that you're kind of lying in the hospital bed and you, and you realise or you think oh, I'm never ever going to step on ice again um, am I ever going to play sport again? And I was told by my by my surgeon that as soon as I can get back into, like slowly obviously with physio's advice, like get back into kind of fitness and, and what you do because even if you just lie on the couch, like you're, it's just going to deteriorate like mm-hmm. your hips. So um, unfortunately I've always got that to, to deal with and yeah. live with. But... Um, I managed to kinda of pull myself through and decided I, I would give it another shot. Um, four years is is a lot of time to commit to. It's a lot of mm-hmm. it's a lot of dedication um, and there's a lot of challenges as well. So I'm glad I did, obviously looking <laughs> back, but of course there was times there that yeah, the shoes were about to get thrown in the cupboard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not surprised. And touching on like you just said there a little bit around that disappointment of twenty eighteen, you fell felt, kind of fell on your shoulders as skip. Mm. Tell us a little bit around kind of what leadership entails in curling because it is super, something I'm super interested in is how kind of leadership is so different between different sports and I think there's so much we can all learn from each other Mm. but tell us a little bit around kind of what actually a skip in curling has to do and, and what your job entails.
1: It's a good question because yeah I'm the skip and I'm the leader of the team. But in theory, we're all leaders in our own roles, mm-hmm. and I think in I think any sport, like yes, there is the captain, but I think everyone has their own roles and responsibilities that they need to lead and they need to to captain that. Mm-hmm. In curling, of course, yeah, you're the one that, that calls the tactics, and you're the one that that calls the game. But you do obviously appreciate a lot of advice from the rest of your team, but in three of the, the, the winning shots or delusion shots are on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. But you can't forget that you've got a team behind you that either make those shots easier or harder. So it's leadership's a, it's a funny one because as a as a skip you don't want to overlead, but mm-hmm. you also don't want to be too kind of under the radar, you don't want to be too quiet, you don't want to be too demotivating. So it's finding that that balance that suits everybody. And I think in a team sport, I guess, the same as rugby, you've got to figure out what everyone wants to hear, what yeah. their strengths are, what their weaknesses
0: are. What's going to bring out the best Absolutely. in them. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: if, if they're in a hole, what gets them out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I remember thinking before I before I played in, in Sochi, just past there, I remember sitting down and just thinking to myself, like, if I make my team feel amazing, like, no matter what, play good, play bad, if I make them feel like they're the best in the world, they're the best players, they're more than capable of winning this Olympic gold and just, yeah, blow smoke up their bums as much (laughs) as you can. Um, Like, that's the the best I can do. 100%. And um, that's exactly what I did. And, um, of course, it it paid off. But I do think leadership's a a very, very kind of um, individual part of of sport that that you need to realise that you're a leader in your own way Mm -hmm. And your team need to respect the way that you lead, and you need to respect the way that they want you to lead as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like a two-way, it's like a two-way compromise, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I totally agree with you in the sense of like I think feeling valued within a team is so important Mm -hmm. for everyone within that team to thrive, Um, and it's both for you as a a skip as well to feel valued by your team, absolutely, for you to thrive in that role as well. And it is, is such a balance. I think it's and like you say, I do think everyone has a massive. Role to play in that. One thing I'm quite interested in with with your career is obviously you have been in a leadership role within curling since mm-hmm. a very young age. Yeah. You know, I think was it 2009? You yeah. were skipped both for the junior, yeah. um, world champs and the senior world champs in the same year. Have you found that I guess your leadership style has changed from leading as a quite a young? Mm-hmm experienced young experienced athlete but now more experienced and a lot more life experience mm. for example has that changed the way you've led
1: it hugely has like yeah. if i look back when i when i used to lead the team i was grumpy i was stroppy i um i never thought my team were good enough um, i thought i was a lot better than them <laughs> and yeah i was probably an awful person to play with if i'm 100 yeah. honest <laughs> uh, they missed shots i would occasionally turn my back i'd slam my brush i'd <laughs> grumpy, not all the time. No. But do you know what? Like, but then I look back and I think, God, I was I was just young and immature yeah. back then. Do you know what I mean? And probably the first time that really kind of opened my eyes, I got selected for the Vancouver Olympics in two ten, and I was leading a team that that was a lot older than me. Mm-hmm. I was um, nineteen, and I think the eldest was was in their forties, and and I'm telling them what to do. Yeah. So that probably made me step back a little bit and realise that. I can't be immature here, I, can, um, I can't be the way that, that I usually, or used to, um, lead a team. And that was the start of the learning curve for me, probably. Yeah. And I would say every time I compete, I pick up something else that I'm going to get better at, or I pick up something that I want to change. And um, yeah, every time I compete, I never come off thinking everything's perfect. Yeah. Um, and I always want to get better at something.
0: Yeah I kind of had a similar experience as a leader in a sense because I came to rugby quite late and I got the captaincy when I wasn't necessarily a very experienced rugby player but was quite an experienced leader in other areas and one thing I like at the start of my kind of captaincy would I kind of thought I had to do everything I had thought I had to make all the decisions myself and I took everything on my shoulders whereas like what I learned was there was so many people within my team who were so much more experienced than me. They knew so much more about different areas of the game. And as soon as I started actually leaning on other leaders, like you say, like everyone has the ability to lead, leading on others and using others to help me and, and that balance, like that was my biggest learning as, I as think a captain, trust country. is also a huge thing. Yeah. I think if
1: they trust you and you trust them and, and you trust that they're gonna go do a good job in what they're telling you and what they're leading in terms of roles and then I think that, that's a that's a huge thing. I think yeah. in, in sport we never trust enough. And um if if we can be as open, as honest as, as what we wanna be, if we wanna especially a group of girls, like you know what it'll be like trying to <laughs> make, I know how hard it is to keep four girls happy, let alone a, a rugby team, so <laughs> I gotta take my hat off to you. So I think if you, you can um, you can keep everyone happy but also be professional as well. Yeah. Um know when to switch off and not on, like mm. know when to switch off and talk about whatever, go and shop and what you're gonna have for dinner, but then switch on and it's like game time and mm-hmm. it's um they in theory your work colleagues, aren't they?
0: So yeah. in terms of curling, like one thing I've noticed from watching it is how like, from a tactical point of view, like, your job as Skip comes down to, like, how you communicate and, like, communicating things, not just through speaking, but, like, other actions and stuff yeah. like that. Like, how important is it that all four of you are on the same page yeah. and, like, how do you achieve that so yeah. that it is so smooth when you come to competition?
1: The the communication is, um, yeah, it's it's a kind of different way of communicating yeah. because if you can imagine, like, the when it comes to finals and things, you are the sole game on the ice rink. But... When you've got other games going on it can be pretty noisy or it is yeah. very noisy. Um, so I guess it's all knowing the different kind of hand actions for different weight controls yeah. for different shots. They're the probably main main um main things. Sweeping and not sweeping, I just scream my head off and, and tell them <laughs> what to do in terms of that or the the throw. I think that's well.
0: the only bit I'd be good at.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the throw as well, like they, they obviously um, help with help with that. Um, so yeah, so it all kind of falls into place in terms of the communication, but the what we do to get good at that is honestly, its team practice, team practice, yeah. team practice. And sometimes you can actually once you once you've kind of figured out some things like even just sitting down around the table having your lunch or a coffee. I think that's also yeah. a very good way to to figure out things that you're not exactly going to figure out on the ice when you're practicing. Yeah. Um but we tried to have, or we did, we had a, we had our individual practice a day um, or, or paired with our coach for technical side but then we'd also always have a team practice as well and during that team practice and that's when you work out the kind of small communications, the small aspects of the game that you want to get better at in which you probably did more of in practice because you're concentrating on that and then when it comes to playing it just comes as a second nature yeah. I guess. Yeah,
0: definitely. Okay, so I want to move away a little bit from, from leadership now and talk a little bit around kind of, I guess, your achievements. Um, obviously, within your career you've won multiple European World Championships, medals at Olympics, but ultimately, and most recently, winning gold at the Winter Olympics. How, where does that sit? Was that the kind of cherry on top of the cake? Was that always that kind of end goal? Um, and tell us a little bit around that experience from
1: From a young child, I remember thinking that i I always wanted to win the worlds, like the worlds for me was massive yeah um, but that's in curling um and as I grew older, I realized that that maybe the worlds wasn't the pinnacle of curling, like yeah. I think the Olympics took over everything, yeah, like the hype of the olympics the the coverage of the Olympics, everything, and I won the the worlds back in two thousand and thirteen and um I then realised that the next job for me was to go and win, win the Olympics. And as much as we got bronze in Sochi 2014, which, um, which you're delighted with, like we we had the chance to, to get a gold there. We went in as world champions. Um, we lost the semi-final down to the last shot again. And at the time that was probably my most, and probably still is, if I'm fair, the most devastating defeat of my career. Yeah. And it's hard. I always think a a team bronze medal is one of the hardest medals to win because it's always going to be in the back of a loss. Mm -hmm. And for us, we had less than 24 hours to pick ourselves up and and come back on and and play the game of our lives, and we did. Um, But the the gold medal in Sochi, um, in in Beijing, sorry, was definitely the, yeah, of course, it's the highlight of my career. Um, And I think there's such a huge story behind it in, in how it came. In terms of we played the world championships um, the year before in Calgary, um, during COVID, we were well in a hotel room on our own for five and a half weeks, yeah. um, eating out of plastic tubs, plastic cutlery, um, delivery, every meal. <laughs> and we knew we had to finish top six to qualify for Olympics and we didn't, we failed. And the weeks after that, um, I remember getting back and apart from my close family and um, Red Sky, my management company, not a lot of not a lot of people spoke to me because everyone wants to be part of you when you win, but when you lose, yeah. they don't want anything to do with you. And I found that very, very hard. Yeah. We then, or British Curling, then put together a, a squad system to try and get the, the top five players to, to go to the, the last chance Olympic qualifier mm-hmm. where three teams could qualify. The squad system was was definitely needed at the time, but it was hard. Like, mm-hmm. but for myself, I think it was good because I could just focus on my own performance, focus on my own my own way of getting better. And I actually joined the squad um, a month later because I took I took some extra time off as I was struggling a bit um, a bit mentally. And um, for me, that was the best the best thing that I did. So mm-hmm. I caught up on everything and um, was one of those five players that that got selected. Um, we went. Then went on to the to the Olympic qualifier with a new team and um, and won won there, and then of course went to, to Beijing and which was great in terms of we didn't actually have too much pressure on us. Um, we didn't have too much expectation from the other nations because we weren't one of the ones to qualify at the at the Worlds. I think we were ranked. I can't remember what we ranked. We were ranked like middle of the table, I think. Um, and yeah, we just kind of went slowly did her own thing and um yeah we, we played awesome all week. Yeah. Um Vicky, my third she honestly had the tournament of her life. Like she's the most one of the most talented talented carlers I've ever played yeah. with and um and she managed to juggle nursing during the pandemic and um nursing one day a week to then be Olympic champion, which I know a lot of people didn't believe that was going to be capable, like possible, or no one knew she was capable of doing that. Like she'd do night shift, she'd come in and she'd practice all day, go home and, and catch up on her sleep and, and train as well. So yeah. she's retired now, which is going to be a massive loss to, to curling in general, yeah. but um, yeah, of sure like the Olympics for me was the experience of a lifetime. Um, to stand on that podium and, and get the gold medal around your neck is, is a moment that, yeah, like you're never ever going to forget, are you?
0: No. And how important do you think it is? Like you, I'm sure you're probably too modest to say, but obviously you're like a massive role model and a massive face now that has really grown the game within not only this country, but across the world as well. How important is it that more people take up curling and, and like how I guess off the back of this to to clubs and, and things like that capitalise on trying to get more mm. women in particular into the yeah. sport and keep them in it
1: I would yeah I would love to, to think that I've left a bit of a legacy within curling so far that more people do take up the sport yeah. and it's a bit annoying that the timing of the Olympics in terms of the curling season with the Olympics being February the curling season kind of finishes yeah. April time and the rink's shut for the summer but I do hope that a lot of people are still interested in giving it a shot and I know I know a lot of people are yeah. and um, I guess it's our job to try and push that and I've always believed when I'm still competing as an athlete that what I can do is be successful and mm-hmm. if you're successful that's when you get the media interest, that's when you get more coverage. Um, And I think we definitely did that during the game. So I think it's important in general to get more women in sport. And it's it's an ongoing issue, isn't it? Like everyone speaks about it. But I do think from you guys qualifying for the World Cup to um, the the Europeans taking place down in England. Like I was Mm -hmm. at the the opening game, England, um, the England match at Old Trafford. And it was unbelievable. There was 70,000 people there. Like the atmosphere was... Um, was electric yeah. and same I came and watched you guys play in England um, yeah. like about six months ago I think yeah, if you really go now yeah and there like it was packed like I loved yeah. it it was amazing like the the atmosphere is great so I do think everything's going in the right direction yeah. um, but it's just a case of carrying on going in the right di- yeah. in the right direction. Like I i never think it's we're gonna be as big as like men's football, men's rugby, men's golf. Like it's never going to be that big. But I think we can get closer to them.
0: It's about how we challenge it to just keep pushing on Absolutely. and keep getting better. I think like one thing in women's sport is like previously like we've always just been taught to be grateful for, for where we're at and what yeah. we've got. But I think like yeah it's about how you put some pressure on to yeah. to keep it going. But Absolutely. in in a way like I, I always think as well like when we we're getting asked about, like, the professionalisation of our sport. Like, I think it's so important to recognise where we've come from and where yeah, we've got cool. to, and like, where reasonably we can get to. Because, without infrastructure and without everything else in place, like, what is like, you, you we have to have that perspective. So, yeah. I totally agree with you in in that respect. Um, so that has been com- so in- insightful and so interesting to hear a little bit about your incredible career. I've got one final question, which we ask everyone: is if you could give younger you advice so a young Eve coming through as a a curler what would it be?
1: I would say if I could give one person advice I know a lot of people kind of have this this kind of cliche but it honestly would be to to not not give up like Mm -hmm. no matter how down you can be how high you can be there's there's always still something out there to achieve and I think I was close to giving up but I realised that there was still something out there to achieve and I turned my hand to it. I did everything I could to, to get that and that paid off. So it definitely is that realise no matter what what strength, what ability you have, there's always something out there for you to do and to, be, to get good at and to enjoy as well.
0: I think as well on, on that, like how important it is in those situations to not be afraid to lean on other people around Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Like yeah. that's something I've very much learned coming through my career is like in those situations where you think you're alone and you think it's time to give up There there's always people out there that actually I remember younger like
1: I would for instance when I had my my bad hip like I didn't ask for help like I kept that quiet for about three years and it just got worse and worse and worse and I'm just curling pain 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 because I just didn't want to ask for help I thought I'm too stubborn I'm not going to ask for help Um, but yeah absolutely I think you've got to realise that as you say there's someone always to lean on there's always people that are going to help you and it's just being it's just being brave and realising it's not a bad thing if you need help to ask for it
0: yeah absolutely well thank you so much for, for coming in to chat to us and the best of luck with everything you've got coming up thank you